Good morning, and welcome to Walk and Talk. This is the first morning recording, and if you're listening, which I doubt very many people are, but um, this is a new thing that I'm doing. A little bit of background on how this all got started. Uh, I have been waking up, and like many people, or maybe most people, spend the first part of my day on my phone, and I think that's just about the worst worst way to start the day. So I decided I wanted to do something more often that I've done sometimes in the past, which is wake up and go right outside and go for a walk. And even if it's just 20 minutes or something like that, I might end up spending at least that much time, if not much longer, on my phone just doodling around and doing whatever, checking Twitter, uh, emails, text, WhatsApp, whatever. And it just feels like a terrible way to start the day. So a walk feels significantly better. And I think it's healthier. Get some steps in. And I figured as long as I'm walking, uh, I would sometimes, you know, I'd listen to a podcast or I'd listen to music. Or sometimes I would dictate, which is something that I've found to be very useful. There's an app called Otter that is basically a transcription. And so I'll dictate and it's a way to sort of think about things and brainstorm and, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about and have a way to capture it automatically and look look at it after the fact. Um, But I felt like doing a live show uh, that was recorded and, you know, talking about some of the types of things I might talk about in dictation, but also whatever else I want to talk about sort of for a public audience and uh, taking some questions from the audience, I thought could be pretty interesting and also be a, uh, a forcing function, of course, for me to actually get up and get it out and go for a walk and talk every day. Um, so that's what you're listening to. And I don't know what this will turn into, if anything, but for now, I'm doing it mostly for me and also for you if you're listening and uh, appreciate any questions that anyone has because it's kind of hard to just come up with stuff to talk about every day, uh, for me at least. I don't really pay too much attention to current events and things like that. Um, So there's not like a natural flow of things to talk about, but I've usually got some things on my mind and uh, questions from the audience will certainly help to uh, give me some cues and hopefully give me some interesting things to talk about. So on that note, um, if you have questions, which I hope you do, and if you don't, maybe you can come up with a few, uh, send them to me basically however you can. Uh, I'm on Twitter at zero f jake uh that's like of jake but the o is a zero uh like the number zero and so it's zero f j a k e on twitter it's the same thing on farcaster which is an interesting new decentralized social media app that i've been using and had a lot of fun with and got some good questions with from for this first episode um and so you can dm me on twitter or farcaster at zero F Jake. Um, you can also email me at Jake at blog of Jake.com. That's J A K E at B L O G 
O-F-J-A-K-E.com. And I will look forward to your questions and basically put them in a queue. And I'm fortunate to already have around 20. Big pleasant surprise because I didn't really think I had enough followers to do like an AMA sort of thing. That's ask me anything for those non-internet natives who may be tuning in. Um, but sure enough, uh, got, you know, a dozen or so responses on Twitter and uh, or questions rather. And on Farcaster, fortunately, uh, the guy who created the app, uh, Dan Romero, former Coinbase guy, a uh, really smart guy in the crypto space, retweeted or recasted rather my uh, request for questions. And so that got some traction as well. Got about 10 questions on there. So I've got a nice cue to start off and this should get me through at least the first few episodes, um, probably longer because I could talk quite a bit about a bunch of these questions. Um, so it's a really nice place to start and I'll be taking questions all the time, anytime, send them in and I will look forward to talking about them unless they're really, really dumb or messing around. Then, uh, you know, you can have fun with that, I guess, but it's not really useful. Um, but you know, d- dumb questions, I should clarify, like if they're sincere, um, or thoughtful, whatever, then, uh, I'm happy to address a quote unquote dumb question. But if you're just being an idiot, uh, and trying to like scam people or whatever, things along those lines, if it's insincere, then I'm going to promptly ignore that and probably block you. Um, so... With that, um, I've given, given a little bit of background on what this is and why I'm doing it. Uh, logistically, I am recording on Call-In, uh, which is a cool little app that allows you to do live shows with live audience. I'm actually looking down at my phone right now, and it looks like there's a guy named Greg who has joined. I don't know if he's real or how real he may be, but... Um, and some it says plus one other as well. So I guess people can see this, that I'm doing this and uh, choose to tune in if they want. Not sure how many people are actively using the app, but um, I guess there's at least a few. And the bigger part for me is that eventually this could enable people to join and ask live questions if they want or leave questions in the comments, which I think is pretty cool. And again, you know, it just helps give me some cues of things to talk about. And, um, and then, you know, more than that, it also allows me to record the whole thing and it'll post on Colin if you have the Colin app, but also probably more people will end up listening on Apple uh, and or Spotify, which Colin sort of automatically for my normal podcast. Uh, my normal podcast, for those of you who do not know, who, who do not know who I am or what I'm doing, uh, I have a podcast called Pod of Jake, and that's on, you know, Apple, Spotify, and also a ton of other long tail distribution channels uh, for podcasts. And on there, I have all sorts of guests, people who I'm interested in and think are some, somewhat extraordinary usually, and, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, founders, investors authors, musicians, uh, politicians, eventually 
to the types of people that I'm interested in. Uh, for now, getting started, it's been mostly focused on a few key areas of interest for me, which are all sort of at the cutting edge of technology. Um, you know, not the uh, uh, sort of SaaS companies or whatever you think about, but uh, more interesting stuff than that to me, at least, which is like uh, longevity, first and foremost. You know, is there a chance that we might be able to live uh, materially longer than 100 years or even 122 years, I think, which is the record for the longest. And, you know, uh, secondarily to that, and basically a little bit more on that, you know, can we actually go after aging itself rather than cancer and heart disease and Alzheimer's? Can we slow or reverse aging by 10%, 20% and add another eight or 16 or 24 years to the human lifespan? I don't see any reason we can't. Uh, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, nor am I a scientist or biologist or anything like that. But um, just sort of logically... It's a problem that we haven't really tried to solve seriously since we've had all the technologies we have available today. And uh, I think with those technologies and a bunch of smart people and a lot of money uh, that is not yet funding the space, but could be, um, you know, that could lead to some progress. And uh, we've been working on things like cancer for a while with tons of funding and had a lot of progress, but people still are dying of cancer not to take anything away from people working on it. It's just a, a very difficult problem. And, you know, it could be that aging is actually are, you know, more fruitful than we might as well go after that problem with equal or more funding. So interesting problem. I've had a lot of guests on who are sort of interested in that and working on that. Uh, the other big one is crypto. Uh, of course, have been into crypto for, uh, you know, a few or several years now and uh, started with Bitcoin like most people and then got into everything else, Ethereum and the like, and uh, have had a lot of founders, including, you know, founders of some of the largest uh, blockchains in the world. So uh, Vitalik, founder of Ethereum, Anatoly, founder of Solana, um, some others that I've had on the show, as well as founders of various apps and uh, things like that, decentralized apps and, and things like that. And also just people who sort of study Bitcoin and have been working on Bitcoin for a long time. Some of the Bitcoin OGs. Um, so that's another one. And then the third one, I would say roughly, it's like there, there's a bunch of different sort of niches, but um, another big one is sort of like city building. Can we build a new kind of city built for the modern world with perhaps better governance than we're accustomed to. Um, you see examples of this, like uh, startup cities that are being built in Africa, like Nkwashi or Town City. Um, you see, you know, Praxis, which is trying to build a new city in the Mediterranean and for now gathering together and building community in the U.S. Um, had the founder of the Charter City Institute on and uh, uh, Patrick Friedman, who uh, is backed by Peter Thiel and has the uh, Pronomos Capital, which is, uh, you know, like basically funding some of these sorts of projects. And he was sort of the original guy talking about seasteading, the possibility that we might be able to 
build civilizations uh, on the water. You can think of it as like a future version of a cruise ship that just sort of stays in the water and people can make a life on that ship. And maybe that ship turns into more of like a city looking thing. Uh, and it's, as far as I understand, a really tough problem to solve, but something that's possible. And the motive for all of this is basically like all of the land has been taken by countries and various sovereigns. And, uh, you know, where can we find some new uh, blank slates to work off of? And one answer is the ocean. And one answer is, you know, space if we're able to land on the moon or Mars. Um, but another answer is we can negotiate with these sovereigns and create things like charter cities or the like, um, where, you know, you get, you get a bit of land and some degree of sovereignty and uh, see if you can build a better, you know, a better little city or country or whatever it might be. And uh, not to trivialize how difficult that would be, probably insane. A lot of bright people working on it. And I think it's really interesting. And there's reasons for hope if you look at Singapore or Dubai or Hong Kong um, or Shenzhen in China. These are all places that have sort of gone from nothing or more or less nothing or a, a bad place to live to some of the best places to live in the world. And, you know, places like Hong Kong and Shenzhen and Singapore have served as sort of models for China, like micro models, to uh, see what types of governance and policies work. And the hope, I think, is that with a lot more experiments going on and what I call like sort of experimental governance, um, you then not only get the benefits in those communities or cities or countries that see a lot of success from whatever they do, but the whole world gets to watch and pick and choose policies and copy paste laws and things like this uh, into their own larger cities and larger countries. And, um, you know, a, a world of competitive governance competition generally leads to a better product. Um, and so if cities and countries start acting more like companies uh, and, you know, treat citizens more like customers, which I think they have to, in a world that is increasingly, you know, lower friction to move, especially with remote work, you no longer have to live where you work, which is like a huge thing. Um, in addition to the fact that it's just sort of like easier to move than it would have been, you know, probably 20 or 40 years ago, let alone, uh, you know, 100 years ago, most of your social network is online or on your phone. You can easily keep in touch with people on FaceTime. You can easily fly to go visit friends and family. So the world is sort of opening up and these cities and countries that used to just sort of take for granted, their citizens now have to earn them um, and, you know, work to retain them. And if you're not putting forth a good enough product, uh, you're going to lose your customers. So I think that a world of experimental governance with hopefully thousands of sovereigns instead of a couple of hundred with only, you know, a couple dozen that maybe are uh, leading the way and, and everyone else is sort of trying to copy them or whatever. Um, I think that that world could make for a lot better places to live and, uh, you know, ultimately better, healthier, happier, wealthier lives for people. Um, so if you put those all three together, you have sort of better places to live, 
health, happiness, wealth, sort of increases ideally. Uh, crypto also helps with this and, and may be able to help with the governance itself and giving some of these sovereigns, uh, you know, currency through, crypto, through cryptocurrency or passports through tokens or NFTs and things like this. And generally, I think crypto can enable a more open financial world where currently we have this closed thing that, uh, you know, it feels very archaic to send an international wire or whatever. And in the future, we may have sort of an internet, internet native financial system that crypto offers where it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, you have access to a stable currency um, and you can, you know, invest and save money and have reasonable assurance that your savings aren't going to disappear if your national government decides to print a bunch of money and inflate it all away or something like that. Uh, and then, of course, longevity comes in. And I think, you know, that may be the furthest out of these three things. Crypto probably being first and the cities maybe being second. Um, and longevity maybe being third or maybe it's flipped at the end there. But uh, if we can make progress, you know, the, the good thing about longevity is people only age one year at a time. And so you have, you know, 40 years or whatever to figure something out to, to slow or reverse aging for a, uh, a young person today. And maybe by the time they're 50 or 60, uh, they can sort of shave 10 years of, of aging off of their life and be a 60-year-old who looks and feels more like a 45-year-old. And then you sort of have another 10 years to make some more progress and can hopefully just keep uh, almost... Uh, rehabilitating or rejuvenating a person almost like you would a car that is, uh, you know, got a lot of miles on it. Um, and you can sort of bring it to the shop and make it younger in a sense, make it last longer and live longer and perform like it was when it was a healthy car. So those are the things I talk about, a bunch of other things. I had the author of uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F and, uh, you know, the mayor of Miami and uh, Blau, who is a uh, DJ who's really into crypto. And uh, I think he may actually make a bigger name for himself in business and the music industry than he did as an artist, uh, which is saying a lot because he's, you know, very successful as an artist. Um, so a bunch of people I've had on the podcast, and it's been uh, a real pleasure and an honor to talk to such amazing people so far. Uh, and I hope that it's, you know, very early still and i have a lot more to do and a lot more people to talk to and uh, a lot more people to reach so i'm going to continue doing that but uh this is something a little bit different and this is walk and talk and uh if it's not obvious or if i didn't say it thus far uh this whole thing is recorded while i'm walking um and so if you hear cars or dogs barking or things like that then uh because I'm just walking on the street streets and, and people probably, you know, passed a bunch of people kind of zoned out and, and locked into what we're doing here. But, uh, you know, if I pass people and I'm talking, I'm probably getting some pretty weird looks of like, what, what is this guy doing? Hopefully they think I'm just like talking on the phone or something. And if not, you know, I think I'm a crazy person. That's fine. Um, already sort of went through that, uh, getting comfortable with that when I was walking around and doing the dictations, like I mentioned. So, uh, anyway, pretty good start, I think, just to prove 
what I had some doubts about, which is that I could find things to talk about. And none of this that I've talked about thus far was really planned or anything. It just sort of naturally flows, which is nice. But some days I will have a more difficult time um, just figuring out, you know, what I want to talk to. And so that's where the questions become really helpful. So like I said, at the top of the episode, um, please, you know, reach out on, on Twitter or Farcaster at 0FJake. And, uh, and, you know, you can also email me at jake at blogofjake.com. And on Twitter or Farcaster, feel free to um, email, I mean, uh, DM or, or comment or whatever. DM's probably best. And uh, I'll get those questions. Since we're already 20-something minutes in for today, I think I will cut it at that. Um, but I will start with the questions tomorrow. Uh, so that is the recording for this morning. I hope you enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed a little bit of a walk. And uh, we'll now get started with my day and hope you do too. And uh, yeah, have a great day.